0: This is Loudspeaker. Hi, and welcome to Connecting a Better World, where we spend time meeting some of the most incredible human beings who make this world a better place. We will learn how each individual took their ideas mission, and purpose to create and serve others in business and organizations that surround social good, social entrepreneurship, and social impact, and find out how we, together, can further connect others to help. I am your host, Dr. Natalie Phillips. The Fellowship of Christian Athletes is touching millions of lives, one heart at a time. Since 1954, FCA has been challenging coaches and athletes on the professional, college, high school, junior high, and youth levels to use the powerful platform of sport to reach every coach and every athlete with the transforming power of Jesus Christ. FC focuses on serving local communities around the globe by engaging, equipping, and empowering coaches and athletes to unite, inspire, and change the world through the gospel. Today, I spend time with Miley Ernst, a native of Minnesota who played NCAA Division II lacrosse for three years at Colorado Mesa University in Grand Junction, Colorado, where she received both her bachelor's and master's degree in sports management. Miley is an area representative with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes here in Fort Collins, Colorado. Miley has served with the Ministry of FCA as a student leader, intern, character coach and now as full-time staff. So, Miley, I'm so excited that you're here with me today uh, to talk about yourself and then also for a Fellowship of Christian Athletes. So tell me a little bit more about the history of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes and how has it evolved?
1: Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me, Natalie. I'm so excited to be here. Um, So it's actually really cool. FCA actually started right here in Larimer County um, about... 65 plus years ago um, they had their first huddle which a huddle is just a small group of coaches and athletes fca does a really great job at taking um, sports terms and kind of adopting them. So we have all sorts of different terms that we've kind of adopted. And anyway, so that's what a huddle is. It's just a small group Bible study where they um, study the word and kind of just encourage each other. Um, And so now we have a bunch of huddles all over the world, but the first one started actually in Estes Park. Wow, that's crazy. Uh Because it's a
0: national organization. Yes, Mm -hmm.
1: But to know that it started right here in Estes Park, yeah, that's Uh really cool. And it grew then to... I think 90 plus countries were in now. Yeah. Wow. Uh-huh. And only about 60, you said about 65 years ish ago, mm-hmm. then that's when it started. Yep. Okay. Uh huh. And so it first started actually. Don McClan was a basketball coach. And so him and Brant Ricky worked together and they just thought that if athletes could endorse, Coca Cola and cigarettes and things like that that they could also endorse Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Um, So that's kind of how how it started. And originally, FCA actually had the mission to see the world transformed by Jesus Christ through the influence of coaches and or athletes and coaches. And recently, they've changed their mission or their vision to um, coaches and athletes. So first. To the co- to and through the coach, and so where we kind of got that from a few years ago was Billy Graham said the coach will impact more lives in one year than one person will in their entire lifetime, and so we completely changed um, a big part of our ministry. And so we used to be so focused on the athletes, but we noticed that we could reach so many more athletes if we could first reach the coach. And so that's when we kind of took a shift. And of course, we still work a lot with athletes, but now we really serve and support coaches first, which is really cool to see that.
0: Yeah. And that makes sense too, because I feel like coaches do have the biggest impact Mm -hmm. on their athletes. They're the ones that are, you know, giving them the feedback or giving that are encouraging them, mm-hmm. things like that. And so it definitely, it's like a parent, you know, yeah, and everything that your kid or uh, is doing, I feel like as a parent mm-hmm. you're responsible for it yeah. as well. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that totally makes sense to focus on the coaches first, even mm-hmm. though you're still focusing on the athletes, mm-hmm. but it makes a lot of sense to do that. Yeah. And then you probably do some other things with both coaches and athletes. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So Every week here in Fort Collins, we have uh, all Fort Collins community huddle. And so that's when coaches and g- athletes actually gather together. Um, so typically in a COVID-free world, we would be going to each campus once a week. So um, spending the lunch period, bringing the kids lunch and the coaches lunch that are on campus once a week. But now it's honestly, kind of our plan 12. Um, After all, everything, just the school's changing plans and everything like that. We're so thankful to not be on Zoom anymore and meeting in person at the local church. And so um, coaches and athletes are both present. And so it's been really cool because coaches have kind of, for the first time, had the freedom to pray for their athletes and students and share their testimonies and their stories and just um, messages that the Lord's put on their heart um, which they didn't always have that freedom, even being affiliated with FCA and being on campus as a teacher. Um, so yeah, it's been really cool. But then we also have, um, coaches, Bible studies and support groups like that. But then the biggest thing, and one of the biggest part of our ministries right now is actually character coaching. And so I, when I first moved to Fort Collins, I thought I was going on staff with FCA at CSU and it ended up not working out. And, um, then I got really involved as a character coach, and I was approached about being a character coach. And I was like, mm, "What's a character coach? Not really sure what that is." But they, someone said that the biggest need is at a for a volleyball team, and I was like, "I grew up playing hockey and lacrosse. Like I don't do anything of that kind of sort. I'm five three. Uh, definitely never played volleyball in my life, or probably watched ten games." Um, but really, my role was just to serve the coach. I was there to support the coach and help him with, with whatever he needed. But then also just to get to know the girls and kind of teach them character lessons, and honestly, just show up for them. So many of them didn't have even parents showing up to the games, but I think it was really big for them just to have someone that they recognize and sought practice every day show up for them there, and just someone to get to know them. And so that's kind of our biggest goal right now. In FCA in Fort Collins and in Larimer County, um, to have a character coach on every single team. Wow. Yeah. And so that's about I haven't done exactly the math, but I mean that's probably with CSU and the fourteen high schools that we have here, that's probably around three hundred character coaches. Wow. Yeah. So as a
0: coach, if you're listening, you know, how do they find you? And is it just a matter of like calling you up, figuring out if there's somebody available like yourself that would be able to be a character coach? Um, or what if they wanted, if FCA wasn't instilled at that school or for their particular sport, like what's the best way to get involved as a coach to get you guys to come out and help out? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I think the biggest thing is to go to our website, um, And there you'll find one, um, a bunch more information on character coaches. And then also we have a, a character coach training course. And so we continually have these character um, coach classes that coaches and character coaches are both um, being trained alongside each other to be um, three-dimensional certified. And so FCA has partnered with three-dimensional coaching where we train and equip coaches to coach to all three dimensions, the heart, the physical, and and then the mind as well. Um, so most coaches coach physically, they coach to the body and um, the fundamentals and things like that. But very few coaches um, coach to the heart. And that's really where we see that impact that Billy Graham was talking about happen. So we have that training going on almost constantly. It's a five-week course. And I would encourage every coach that li- that's listening to take that course, but then also reach out to me um, or other staff people. We have Five other staff people in Larimer County right now. And so whichever coach is most convenient to um, them in their campus, I would really encourage them to reach out. Um, yeah. So if the, if Fort Collins, um, well,
0: the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, if you're going into a public school mm-hmm. and you are instilling, you know, just the principles or the gospel and Jesus Christ, how is that? I mean, how do you guys, how are you able to do this in a public school without either parents complaining or, I mean, obviously it's the choice of the coach, mm-hmm. right? Whether or not mm-hmm. they want to have that yeah, over their team. But do you come into resistance from parents mm. that even though it's the coach's choice, it is still a public
1: school? Yeah, absolutely. And so we, we have seen a little bit of resistance, but, um, I think more just questions, mainly on campus when we're, um, we have our huddles on campus. It's more, um, comes into question and where the teachers can have a role in things like that. But when it comes to character coaching, um, it doesn't matter if that coach is a follower of Jesus Christ. Um, we want to serve them in any way we can. And so I think the biggest thing is we train our character coaches to first have a servant heart. I mean, that's kind of where, um, I got plugged in. I was a coach. Um, one year after I graduated from college, I was like, you know, I played college across. This is probably what I should do. This is what everyone else is doing. Like I should just coach. And it ended up being a really hard year. Like one of the most loneliest experiences of my life. I just felt so alone. Like I was walking with my players through so many things and I was just like, wow. And I wasn't really sure what my role was. I was an assistant coach. Um, and then once one said to me so clearly, I just was explaining to this coach, I was he was a fellow FCA coach, and um I was like, I just don't know what my role is. I feel lost, like I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and he was like, Well, your role is to serve. And I was just completely mind blown by that simple statement. And I think um it also comes from the Bible from the Bible. I mean, Mark ten, forty five said that Jesus Christ came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Um, So we kind of just really encourage that with our character coaches. They're not there um, with an agenda of any sort. They're first and foremost there to serve. And we hope that they're able to have those conversations someday. Um, But at first, it's just serving. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: And let's talk about the huddles that you talked about, because you had said that they are over lunch sometimes. Are they ever in the mornings, you know, before school? How do you decide when and where and how many huddles are at which school? Um, How does that all work?
1: Yeah. So mainly we've this is where we've really run into the issue with just the administration and the separation between, you know, um, school and church and things like that. So. um, they we can only have a huddle at a common common time so that means it has to be a lunch period where no other teaching in the building is going on um so if We have the luxury in Fort Collins where there's an open lunch. So all the kids are eating lunch at the same time. So that's kind of why we're able to do that. And then in the middle school level, they don't have that. So we have to go before school. So that's kind of how we decided that. But then it's also the cool thing about it is it's completely student led. So I really meet with the the student leaders, engage them, equip them and and empower them to then go and lead their students. So when... um, we have to plan anything. They are finding the guest speaker. They are communicating with me like what they want for lunch, whether that's, you know, Chick-fil-A or pizza, whatever that looks like donuts. And then they're also um, leading their other students in prayer and Bible studies and things like that. So that's really um, something that's kind of different, um, but something that we have to be really careful about is that everything being student led, which is a really cool opportunity for them.
0: Absolutely. So let's back up a little bit and talk to me a little bit about your upbringing and how you got involved. Um, Obviously, you're an athlete, so that part I get. But how did you decide that Fellowship of Christian Athletes was something that you were going to, like this clicked with you?
1: Yeah, man, it was a really long road and a lot of just completely dragging my feet to what the Lord was calling me to. But I... Um, went to Mesa in Grand Junction. I had an awesome experience there. But when I got there, uh, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I would kind of go to FC a little bit in high school because they had like pizza and stuff like that. But it was a social event. It was never because I was wanted to pursue my relationship with the Lord anymore. So I was a little bit familiar with it. And I got to Mesa, was playing lacrosse, and this was my dream. And it was what my com- identity was completely wrapped up in. And soon realized... I was sitting on the bench. It wasn't working out as I had hoped. And it was hard. I went through some other college things and was just really struggling. And then I actually met my fiance and um, he was inviting me to church with him. And I was kind of like, mm, I'll go to church with you, I guess. Um, and then school rolls, rolls around. Um, we, he started playing football again and I was in the cross practice, and he was kind of like, Do you want to go to FCA? And I was like, In my head, I was like, Absolutely not. Like, I do not want to go to FCA, but I thought he was cute, and I still think he's cute. So I'm marrying him in a month, but, um, After that, I went to FCA that night and I was pretty convinced that I was going to be the only person who didn't grow up in the Christian home who um, had no idea why they were there type thing. So I was kind of sweating a little bit, hoping no one would talk to me. And so then one of my good friends actually was sharing his testimony that night and his upbringing was a lot like mine. And so I finally, for the first time, realized, okay, maybe I'm not in the wrong place. And I continued to come back and ended up hearing the gospel so clearly for the first time and accepting Christ into my heart and pretty much had a radical change after that. Um, And I didn't, I wish I could sit here and say I started playing, but I continued to sit on the bench, but I had definitely had a lot better attitude about it. I definitely realized that, you know, someone has to sit on the bench and be the encourager. And so after that, I graduated college in three and a half years. It was kind of my glorified way of quitting. I like to say lacrosse. I just couldn't do it anymore. I was having fun, but it was just my time to not play anymore. And I ended up doing so many interns with the athletic department and a minor league baseball team. And it was really fun. I, when I first signed up for sport management, I thought those jobs were just so cool. And so I did that and realized very quickly, this wasn't it. And I was getting ready to graduate early I applied for like 50 jobs, probably had five plus interviews, and nothing worked out. And one of my really good mentors, he's still a great mentor in my life, kind of approached me about an internship. And I'd kind of heard that people worked for FCA before, but they had to raise their own support and things like that. And so I was like, okay, no, like that is not for me. I haven't been a believer long enough. Um, I'm not outgoing enough. I had every excuse in the book. And it ended up being the only thing that worked out. And so then I started interning at the collegiate level. I thought for sure college ministry was for me, but I was still kind of dragging my feet, putting God in this, you know, little box and ended up moving to Fort Collins to pursue ministry at CSU and it ended up not working out. Um, So then I was like, okay, I'll just go. Perfect. This is my way out. Like, I don't have to raise a port now, but that's not... That's not what was on my heart. It was still something so clearly on my heart, and through character coaching and my experiencing as my experience as a character coach, I realized how underserved the athletes and coaches at the high school level are. and so I was so intimidated by high schoolers and middle schoolers, but the Lord really softened my heart, and I was like, "Okay, Lord, like I'll do it. <laughs> Send me, yeah."
0: Wow, that's incredible. I do remember you telling me about that and how it wasn't really planned. And I love the story of how you thought you were initially going to use your sport management degree for something. And it's almost like that frying pan, you know, over the top of your head type of thing, like, uh, no, hello, you know, this is what you're supposed to be doing. Um, And you um, were obedient, basically. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Not the first time. It was like the fifth time, but
0: <laughs> it doesn't matter. No. Yeah. <laughs> because I, from, from what I know is that if you don't get it the first or second or third or fourth time, it's still going to come over your head, uh-huh. you know, and you're oh, going to yeah. have to decide. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Um, so do you have any projects or stories or any experience that Any experiences that you've had that may have touched your heart as you volunteer in this position? Um, I know that you have to raise your own money uh, to support what you're Mm -hmm. doing. Um, But what keeps you going?
1: Yeah, I think just the athletes and coaches, just to see them. Um, just a light bulb go off in their head for the first time. Um, I think recently it's been really sweet because obviously, like I said, this was plan 12 to have a community huddle with all athletes and coaches together in Fort Collins at a local church. That was not what we wanted to do at first because we. Were, it's so convenient when we're on campus and we're bringing them lunch and um, they are already there. And so now they're having to wake up at 7 a.m., which is so early for these high schoolers. Um, but it's been really sweet to see. We've seen probably 50 or 60 high schoolers show up every week, but the the coolest thing happened recently, actually. Um, a wrestler from one of the high schools brought a friend, and I was like, oh, like, do you wrestle together at the same high school? And he was like, no, actually, he wrestles at um, the other high school, like the rival high school. And I was like, that is so cool to see kids from other campuses that are rivals coming together um, to – worship the Lord together, which is so cool. But then this kid actually, um, one of the coaches at Fossil Ridge, he was sharing his testimony and he do- had just talked about how he got his first Bible at FCA camp and he had brought it that day to give another kid their first Bible. And so he asked the, the group, he was like, does anyone here not have a Bible? And this kid who was brought um, by one of his Kids that he wrestles against raised his hand and got his first Bible from another person who got their first Bible from FCA. So that was just so cool to see the Lord work in that because it was, I was just blown away. Um, I would have never expected just that unity to happen.
0: Right, here. right. Because mm-hmm.
1: wow. the rivalry just runs so deep here. Mm-hmm. Especially in sports, yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so that was something so cool. But another really cool thing that I love to see is. High school students going and sharing their testimonies with middle schoolers and so on and so forth. We see college students sharing their testimonies with middle school or with high schoolers and middle schoolers as well. So it's really sweet to just see that ripple effect. Yeah, I love that
0: too because it's definitely paying it forward to Mm -hmm. the people or the kids that are coming up behind you. And I mean, what it, it it can be so scary to, to share a testimonial mm-hmm. and hopefully for the, for the kids that are doing it for the younger ones, mm-hmm. it might not be as scary because they're older, but just imagine those, I can just imagine those younger ones just looking up going, wow, you know, when I get to that point, I'm not going to be scared because these people are coming back and they're doing that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And just hearing other stories about just your faith becoming your own. I think that is so important for just the kids to hear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So with COVID, you know, and mm-hmm. now that schools
0: are, hopefully, we'll see how long this lasts, but they're going to be back in session. Mm-hmm. Are things going to change for what you're doing here in Larimer County and getting back into the schools? Are you going to continue to have huddles early in the morning for middle schoolers? Or um, what are the plans for the kids getting back to school in person?
1: Yeah. I think we're just going to continue going before school. Especially because I have a teacher at um, one of the high schools. He forwarded me an email just with the requirements of what a club would have to do because it's during lunch period. So then uh, you have to take attendance, have, you know, assigned seating, and they have to all be facing the same way because they'll be eating lunch without a mask on. And so it was kind of like, maybe we'll just stick to this for a while until, you know, we don't have to think too hard about it anymore.
0: And it sounds like the early morning, even though it is early morning, you know, might be working out really, really well. And then you don't necessarily have to worry about, like you said, the lunch period has to be open and everybody has to be Mm -hmm. there so that they can make their own choice. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm
1: -hmm. Wow. Sweet.
0: Well, good. Um, okay. So for people who are listening and they want to be involved, or support this organization or support you because you are having to raise your own funds mm-hmm. to be able to do this full time. Right. Um, what's the best way to connect to you? And I know that um, you and I have sat before. So is that what you prefer? And what's what would be the best way for you to talk to somebody about what you're doing here?
1: Absolutely. One my little things in life is like what Natalie said, to just sit down and grab a cup of coffee with people and to share my story, but then also hear their story as well. And so if that's something um, one of your listeners is interested in, I would love to just re- for them to reach out and I would love to buy them a cup of coffee. So that's kind of the biggest thing, but I want everyone to know too, that there are so many different ways you can um, support the ministry with if you can't financially. It would be awesome if um some of your listener, listeners could just commit to praying for the ministry. But then also, if anyone's interested in being a character coach as well, please reach out and I would love to connect you and just tell you more about what it what it's like to be a character coach. But if anyone would like to financially partner with us, I would love to sit down with you and talk more about what that would look like.
0: That's great.
1: So also just to
0: kind of go off of your character coach, so you can actually be a character coach and maybe also have a different full-time job. You don't have to do it full-time. Is that correct?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So it's completely volunteer and it's probably six to 10 hours a week. So it really depends on the needs of the team.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. That's yep. good to know. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. I didn't mm-hmm. know that.
1: So we have parents that are character coaches, like a a dad that um, has kids at Heritage is a character coach at Pooter High School mm-hmm. or other things like that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Which is good to know too, because I know that since your goal is to try to have these character coaches, Mm -hmm. I think you said 300, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that would be really helpful for other people that are interested in being involved and you might not want to be involved financially, but it can be donating your time then to be a character coach.
1: Absolutely. So we have all sorts of youth pastors, business owners, and all sorts of different kinds of people. Um, It's really for anybody. Don't let any You know, excuse write you off because I I struggled with that. I was like, oh, I'm too introverted to be a character coach. And I don't know anything about volleyball. So don't think that just because you don't know how to play every single sport, you can't be a character coach. You totally can.
0: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you said that too. Yeah. Yeah. All
1: right. So I always ask this
0: question too, but what is one piece of advice that you can share with my listeners just on your thoughts on making this world a better place? Mm. What can they do?
1: Yeah. I think just be patient with yourself. Um, Like I said, that was such a big part of my story where I just wanted to have it all figured out right away. And I wanted it to be a perfect scenario. And I wanted to be the perfect person to do things. But like I just said, too, um, everyone is equipped to serve and everyone's equipped to make the world a better place. You don't have to be the most outgoing person in the room and have the biggest personality um, to change the world. So I would just really encourage everyone in that, that you each have your own special gift. And like the Bible says, there are many parts to the body, but um, we're all they're all different parts, many parts, but one body. And so to really function, we there are so many different parts. So really, um, I would just encourage you in the gifts that God's given you. Thank
0: you so much, Miley. I'm so glad that I got to meet you and you're so wise and so inspiring. So thank you for being here on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in to Connecting a Better World and thank you, NOCO FM, for supporting this show. If you connected to something in this episode, we would love to hear from you. Our contact info will be listed in the show notes, as well as you can reach us on our social media channels. Please feel free to share our podcast with your friends and loved ones. For more shows, please tune in to online. This is Loudspeaker.